Welcome back to episode 85 of the Game Time Guru podcast. This is part two of my interview with Vernon Law. Now, in part one, we learned about his background from high school all the way up through the time where he was drafted. We also learned about the impact of his religious beliefs on his career. Now we're going to be learning about his professional career, and we're going to be talking about what his opinion is of the actual game of baseball itself. We'll talk about what happened as he went through the minors all the way up to the majors, and then we'll talk about his time in the Army as he spent two years after you know going to the service during the war. So this is going to be an interesting part two, starting off with his professional career. Keep in mind, this interview was done during the World Series this year, uh, right after the Dodgers and the Red Sox went into 18 innings. So you'll hear a reference to that as well. I hope you guys enjoy part two of episode 85. Now we're going to talk about the professional side of it. You're at the Pittsburgh Pirates. You've started your career as, as far as in the majors. And I want to I want to get your insight, just basically explaining your journey. Um, and, and we'll get to your journey up until the 1960 season when you played in the World Series. Let's explain your journey from the Pirates right when you got there, your, your first year with them, all the way up until that year, and then we'll get into the World Series later. So let's go ahead and talk about your professional career with the Pirates up until the 1960 season. Well, you know, well, the game has certainly changed without question. You know, uh, this game last night, that, uh, that you know, that went, uh, and I guess it was 18 innings. Uh, I, I watched through the 15th and then, then uh then I had to get to I had to get to bed because uh uh well you get my age you you, you I could have fallen asleep uh, you know the, the way the game was going there for so long but anyway uh well you know the the journey was fun you know uh I, I learned a lot uh you know going from uh uh, you know, from from when I first got there, there was uh, I had my wife with me. We went right straight to the ballpark, and I had never been in a big ballpark like that in my life. And they wanted my impression of how it was and so forth. And I, I guess my reputation got there before I did, because uh, uh, I don't know what was written, uh, you know, in the papers prior to my getting there. But then uh, then. After being excited about being there and everything, you know, why they asked me the question, well, what about your the church uh, that you belong to? Uh, is that is that something that's going to be uh, uh, be helpful to you, or uh, what's your responsibilities? And and so I I talked to them about the things that we uh, practice in our in the church, you know, that my being a priesthood holder, an elder at the time, you know. And as it, as it turned out, I, uh, I I discussed you know the ironic priesthood, the Melchizedek, my responsibilities and so forth as being a member of the church, about my being a full tithe payer and so forth, and 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 so you know that just kind of opened the door for uh, so many opportunities for me to speak to youth groups and and uh, well even back then you know they they didn't uh, uh, I. Well, let me just say, the players got all the paid engagements. I got all the church and youth groups and and uh, little leagues and so forth to talk to the kids and so forth. And so there there were so many stories that I could tell you about those experiences. But uh, anyway, it, that uh, you know, I, I think everybody's got to have some faith. 
you know, uh, belong to something that that gives you uh, a secure feeling, you know, and feeling good about yourself. And so uh, to be successful, uh, that had to happen to me, you know. And, you know, when when I first got there, you know, I sat on the bench for a couple games, and then they, they, they let me get in the bullpen, and I'd get in and pitch a few innings, you know, and so forth, and I – and then, uh, then all of a sudden, I found out that I was a starter from that point on, and I I pitched it those years. Uh, well, the first year we we went through it, and and it was uh, it was a good uh, a good experience. I was, a matter of fact, my catcher come up to me and and uh, told me he says, you know, even though we're not a good ball club, you're going to win a lot of games before your career is over, you know, and so. But, uh, you know, that gave me more encouragement, you know, and I had a lot of faith in my catchers and so forth, and and uh, uh, I, they knew exactly how I liked to pitch, you know, to have give me a target to throw to, you know, and so they helped me to learn how to pitch to different hitters and so forth, and and uh, we'd have meetings in the clubhouse and talk about different hitters and so that they could they could place our outfielders, infielders in position and so forth. All this, we'd discuss the opposing team and, and how you're going to pitch to them and so on. And so uh, that that was always a big help to me to know a little about uh, some of the guys that I had never seen before and, and, and pitched to their weaknesses. And so uh, that was very good. That was good uh, help for me. And then, you know, uh, uh, as we went, as I went through the league and so forth, I got to know, you know, the good hitters and so forth, and how to pitch to them. Uh, and, and so my first uh, first year was uh, a, a good experience. And now my second year, uh, this was in 19. Well, it's called up in 1950. In 1951, uh, I started out the year. Uh, uh, well, very good. But I, I could tell you this: <laughs> the first, the first, uh, the first two games that I pitched in as a starter was against Robin Roberts, who now is, of course, is in the Hall of Fame. But uh, uh, our my first game, I, I pitched very well. We were in the last inning, and. Uh, I, I remember it like it was just yesterday. I, well, in the ninth inning, the score was tied two to two, and they got a man on second base with two outs. And so there's a little fly ball that was hit just over the the, uh, uh, the shortstop. Stan Rojack was my shortstop, and now Ralph Kiner, the home run hitter, was in left field. Well, Rojack goes back and he's hollering, I got it, I got it, I got it, you know, and then he hears Ralph coming in. It's really Ralph's ball because uh, if he can catch it, it's easier for him to catch than it is for the, the shortstop going back. Well, he hears Ralph coming, so he stops, and then Ralph stops because he said, I got it, I got it. The ball falls in, the guy scores, you know, and I get read three to two. And then four days later, it was an instant replay. The same two guys, the same score, everything. And I, I, I well, I, I just said to myself, I've seen this in high school. You know, what's going on? You know, I need better support than this, you know. So, but that's how the, that's how my, my career started with a couple losses to Robin Roberts. 
But, uh, you know, pitching well and doing my job, I, I'm not the one that's, that's going to mess up, you know. I'm just going to keep bearing down and doing the best I can. And I, that was my attitude. And so, well, now, this, the, in 1951, we start out the season. We go into Chicago, and uh, I think we opened up the series with uh, with Cincinnati. That seemed to be a... Uh, a legend kind of a thing that they did with uh, we'd start with Cincinnati and then we'd we'd go on uh, and so we'd go to Chicago. Well, I'm pitching this day and it's a rainy day and it's cold in Chicago with the wind blowing and it was it was not a nice day. It's probably a lot like what they had in Boston uh, the first game there in the World Series. Uh, you know. As he started the season in a better, you know, form, but uh, the World Series, and so that now uh, here we are. Uh, we were playing in the rain there and everything, and and I can remember I I had uh, I had a, a lead in the game. We were winning, and we get to the seventh inning, decide to call it. Well, what happened now is I go in, you know. And I, I change my uniform and everything, get all my dry, uh, get dry stuff on my on my body. And so now, about an hour and a half, they decide to replay the well to get back out and finish the game. Well, I got out there, I got in a little bit of trouble. Uh, I warmed up well, I thought, you know, and but but uh, I I knew I pulled something in my shoulder. Now, they would never, ever even think about putting uh, their starter back in after a rain delay like that. And so, but that's what happened. And so I, I had a, a, a little, a slight tear in my rotor cuff, in my shoulder. And so, uh, but I struggled through that year. I could take 10 days, uh, you know, in between my starts and I could pitch four or five ends and then I could hardly reach home plate. You know, and so it just didn't work out that year. So you had to battle through the injuries and all those, you know, adversities that you had to go through. But then another obstacle was dealing with the draft for the war that was going on at the time. So can you explain that process? Because, you know, players like professional baseball players weren't exempt from the draft. So explain that whole process and how that worked out for you. Well, as as things happened, you know, during that period, uh, I knew I was going to uh, have to go to the end of the service because of the war that was going on at that point. So, and uh, so I called after the season was over. I called the draft board and asked him, "Well, what's my situation?" He says, "Well, we we plan on uh, you know uh, sending you a letter here right shortly." And so, so I went into the service. You know, I was in the service for uh, two years. Uh, I was assigned there in in uh, the transportation. Transportation Corps in uh, in Virginia, uh, down at uh, Fort Eustis, and that, and I spent my t- my I did spend my two years there. I was put on orders to go overseas, but a guy took my place just before I was supposed to uh, start processing. You know, uh, he was he had gone to he had reenlisted with the idea he'd be on the next shipment, so he took my place. Well, at the time. My wife Anita was pregnant with our our her our first child, and she was 18 days overdue. And of course, I, I said, "Oh, that's that's a God sent from heaven for that guy to take my place," you know, because I certainly didn't want to. I didn't even tell my wife about this, you know, until 
I, I found out that uh, this guy, and I said, you know, you were just about without a husband. So, anyway, I spent those two years, and then I went back to, back to start my uh, career over again there on, in 1954. Uh, I was put on the, the you know, the reserve list, uh, uh, you know, to, uh, uh, for those two years, but I got credit for them. Uh, because that was uh, one of the rules, you know. You, you, I got two years on credit as far as my pension was concerned. Uh, so anyway, that's you know that, to that so, point. Real quick, Vern, I just wanted to check with you real quick. When you were in the service, did you get a chance to polish up your game and play a little bit? Uh, I did while I was in the service. I did play on the post team. Uh, uh, that's you know, but that uh, I didn't pitch at that time because my arm just was uh, no good. Uh, I could still throw a little bit, but not, uh, you know, not get on the mound and, and uh, do a good job. So that was uh, that was a struggle for me. But uh, I finally, just before I got out of the service, while well, I played for a, a Seaford's Town team that they had, and uh, I started throwing, and it got, it got, I did okay, you know, and it was my arm was coming around a little bit, and uh, so. Uh, that was a that was a my a two years that I would uh, uh, that service time helped heal my shoulder and everything. But then I had adhesions in there, and I I had to get them stretched out again and, and get back in shape, which I did, and and so that that went fine, you know. But still, our team was not was still struggling, you know. They lost 112 games while I was well the, the one year. That I remember while I was in the service, but we we were not a good team. You know, it was like a Triple A team trying to play in the big leagues. But as it turned out, you know, why the club made a couple of trades. You know, as, as we progressed, you know, and and finally to uh, we got to 1958. You know, uh, I think I won 18 games that year and. Uh, you know we're we're starting to improve, getting better players and so forth, and and finally our general manager made a trade and got a, my a, a catcher, Smokey Burgess, and and uh, Jerry Lynch, uh, who was a great uh, pinch hitter for us, a good hitter, and uh, also Harvey Haddix got them from Cincinnati, and uh, and then Bill Verdon, we got him from the Cardinals. Uh, and so now we've got some pretty good guys that, that that can help win some games for us, you know. And so that was uh, that was that was big, really big for our team. And of course, as you, you get better players, your record's going to get a little bit better too, because if you keep pitching uh, well, while well, you've got a chance to win, you know. And and so they that 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 all took place. And uh, but uh, you know, I'd like to just mention one story. Uh, that happened uh, early on because we had a uh, it was my second year there in in, in Pittsburgh that uh, that I got a, picked up a nickname because uh, we had an outfielder called Wally Wally Westlake who was a home run hitter and and uh, a good outdoors man and so he uh, he talked to him about he started calling me preacher. And, uh, you know, I, I, Wally, I don't, I don't go out preaching. I'm, I'm a baseball player. You know, that's not my job. You know, I, but I, I do oftentimes have speaking engagements that I speak in other, in the churches and so forth. 
and and so uh, you know, and I, again, as I says, you know, I I hold, I'm an elder in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. I'm you know, and he said, well, you know, people didn't know what an elder was back there in Pittsburgh. Other than an older person, I guess, being an elder person, but, but anyway, uh, he, he also says, well, you know, uh, how about, well, they do know what a deacon is, you know, they know what a deacon, other churches have deacons and so forth, and so he started calling me deacon. He says, is that alright if I call you deacon? I said, yeah, that's fine. Well, of course, that gave me a, Give me a lot of experiences that way too, because when people read about that in a newspaper, why, you know, they I've, I've got a story to tell, and so uh, I have a lot of speaking games in various churches. But that, you know, that that's a little story that, uh, and to this day, uh, my teammates that are still alive, uh, they still call me Deacon. The umpires during those years called me Deacon. The other opposing players called me Deacon. You know, and so anyway, that uh, that nickname is stuck. You know, and so uh, that's uh, one of the things that uh, I think uh, give me a lot of uh, wonderful experiences to remember. That's super cool. It's super cool to hear how you got your nickname, the Deacon, and how this has all progressed. You were able to play in the service and then continue on afterwards as if nothing ever happened. And now we're to the 1958 season, correct? We're back up to 58. And uh, our team, of, if we'd had another good picture, well, we'd probably went to the World Series that year because we're, our record was really good. And uh, and then uh, 59, well, it was this it was the same kind of situation. You know, we we played well, uh, and again we were just uh, uh, battling, you know, to try to get to the big, uh, you know, to the big show in, in the World Series, but that. That didn't happen in 59, but uh, it's interesting because uh, in 60, when we went to spring training, why the guy that had a cigar store right next to the hotel, he, he had written up uh, uh, a, a big sign put on front, 1960 World Champions, you know, and that's what they were hoping for. And of course, that was what we were hoping for too, because we did have a good year in 1959. And so, but that's the year that that all of us kind of had good years, all of us together. And that's what you need. We have to have a good team, that uh, uh, good players, and and everyone perform up to their best uh, abilities. And and that that did happen in 1960. I can remember games where in the ninth inning. We we won thirty some games from the seventh inning on that year, and many a times we were behind. Like this one game in the ninth inning, we're three runs down with two outs and and count three two on our last hitter, and we end up winning that game, you know. And so we had a team that would just never quit, and so you know that that game right there, we just knew you know, that we're going to win it. You know, we just, as a team, and everybody kept rooting for each other, which didn't happen early on in my career. Everybody was a little jealous of uh, that guy, that pitcher out there on the mound, you know, 
won a game, you know, and, and, and the team played well behind them while you knew you were going to lose the next day because, it, you know, this just didn't happen. You didn't win two games in a row. So, but in this case, you know, we, everybody liked each other. We worked together as a team. And to, to this day, we still, uh, have a lot of love and friendship, uh, among our, the team that still left, uh, living in the, in their various places in the country. So, uh, we get together every once in a while. And so we, yeah, it's, it's great to get a good hug, you know, from each of the guys. So, uh, it's, it's it was a wonderful experience. What a cool story to hear about the camaraderie and everything that, you know, Vern was able to to experience with that team. And that's one of the things I love about sports is the camaraderie, the brotherhood that you gain when you're playing um, a, a team sport like that. You learn to, you know, love each other as family and you build off one another. And that's amazing. So that's going to do it for part two of episode 85. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed the first two parts. Now we're going to finish it off with part three. We'll be launching in a couple of days, so stay tuned. And make sure you share this episode with your friends and family so they can learn about Vern's story as well. Any baseball historians, uh, fans of the game, anything like that, make sure you, ch- that you share this episode with them and stay tuned for part three.